This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. Welcome to Weekly Woman. I'm Alice Cash, and today we are again going on our 19th Amendment journey because this is the 100th anniversary this month and actually this week. So I'm kind of freaking out with how exciting it is about being able to vote for 100 years. So today I also have my sister talking about history with me because she is my history guru. So here's Samantha with some interesting facts. I think you should always refer to me as history guru from now on. Yeah, I think so too. As my new title. I think you should have a banner that you wear, kind of like Miss America, but it says history guru. Or like one of the women's suffragettes sashes that they used to wear. Oh yeah, we're getting into it. (laughs) All right, so this week I didn't really want to touch on the 19th Amendment so much as one of the women who was integral that people don't really talk about, even though she is such an amazing person and it is the first ever woman from America to win the Nobel Peace Prize and was known around the world as the mother of the socialist movement and is credited for starting like the progressive era. Who is this? This is Jane Addams. Uh, she was born to an upper class family to very rich parents. But um, I mean, he he's kind of he grew up with money, the her father, but he definitely took that little bit of money and he created this wonderful empire where he became a miller and he really from the bottom up knew his work. And so he taught that to his eight children, eight uh, children. Oh, she, my God. And she was the youngest of them. That sounds awful. Um, yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> So she grew up with this sense of, you know, work ethic and, you know, a sense of community. And not only that, but she loved to read Charles Dickens and Little Women. My favorite book. It's so good. It is so good. And when I tell you she's a Joe, know that she's the most Joe I've ever read about. Everyone wants to be a Joe. Tell me why she's a Joe. All right. So she was super smart. You know, and her father really wanted to encourage her to, you know, go out there and learn about things. And so she ended up going to college and she was studying to become a doctor, but she was born with um, what's called Pott's disease, uh, which is tuberculosis of the spine. And it's basically what Quasimodo has. Oh, really? Yes. And so it caused her to uh, growing up. She had like a limp and she like couldn't really run. She was pigeon toed, very skinny. Um... And so when she was in med school, her brother, who was also studying to be a doctor, uh, said that he would perform surgery on her. And she basically had like an emotional breakdown. And so she dropped out of college. Wow. Yeah. So she moved back home to take care of her um, stepmother because she was failing in health. And uh, her stepmother really was all about like helping the poor and the downtrodden and stuff. And so she kind of developed even more of a sense for that. But she also didn't really know where her life was going. So... Like, you know, all, you know, kids when they don't know what to do with their life. She went to Europe. (laughs) Wow. That's like you. (laughs) Exactly. You know, she just traveled around and stuff. But then she came across what's called a um, a settlement house. And it was the first ever one in London. Ooh, I know about those from living in New York. Yeah, but that wasn't a thing before. Huh. That was the first one. And so she thought it was one of the most wonderful things she had ever seen in her life. Wonderful. That's so interesting. Yes, because 
before that, there wasn't anywhere for people to go who were poor. And this was still back when, you know, children were working in factories. There were long, long hours. You know, women were working, you know, from like sunrise to sunset, coming back and then going again. You know, there weren't any labor laws. And so there wasn't really a place for people to go and like, you know, get medical help, get an education, get, you know, into the arts, anything. And so she came back and with her... um historians won't like are starting to be able to accept this but it was her girlfriend um her girlfriend ellen star um they opened whole house in 1889 what is whole house so whole house was a settlement house that they opened that wasn't just about like you know giving you know housing and help to the poor but it was also about um figuring out issues in the area, like why there wasn't good housing for people or how the spread of disease was happening or, you know, what was going on with drugs and the trade of drugs and why kids weren't staying in school. And where was Whole House? It was in Chicago. So, yeah, the other thing that they did, that they did a great job was um, the first ever doctor to work there was Dr. Harriet Rice, who was an African-American woman who was turned down from working at any other medical facility. And so they were able to bring her in and give her her own practice. They were so progressive. Yes, queen. She literally started the progressive era. <gasps> she is the queen. She's known for this. She she wanted there to be arts. And there were eventually 13 buildings that were a part of Whole House. There was, you know, there was a library. There was a museum. There was, you know, a sculpture class. There was everything and it was all for the poor people who could come and just you know learn whatever they wanted and they also had training programs to help people get jobs it sounds like a sort of utopia it 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 wasn't really a utopia but it was a way for them to study she started um everything that they learned within whole house eventually led to the study of sociology and the study of you know culture and people within areas and how like culture is affected um, and they took those ideas and the research from Hull House and started to apply them into laws. Illinois was the first state to employ laws against child labor, as well as limiting the workday to eight hours because of Hull House. Wow, that's so interesting. Yes. And so she was involved in women's suffrage. She was involved in getting kids into schools. She was involved in creating playgrounds because she understood that it wasn't just about learning for a job, but it was learning and becoming a child and, you know, being able to express yourself. And that was what furthered you further. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know like a playground was such an interesting place. Yes. She was also super about getting power to poor and immigrants. That's awesome. Yeah. She was, she was wonderful. So eventually she met her, they couldn't technically get married, but her wife, Mary Rose Smith, And then in 1911, she was elected as the woman's suffrage vice president. Wow. Yes. Yes, Queen. Yeah, I know. I don't understand why more people don't know about her. I know about Hull House. You always had to study that in history class. And you're like, wow, that sounds so cool. But what is this? But I've never heard of Jane Addams. Yes. And she, you know, she was the one who started the whole thing. She also was a part of the International Congress of Women. Uh, when World War One started, she was very, very against it. And she led all of these peace movements to try and like keep America out of the war. But eventually, you know, America entered the war. And so all of this goodwill that the country had given her turned into backlash. And they called her a traitor. And yet she continued to work behind the scenes 
um, making sure that children who were displaced by the war would continue to get homes and education and everything. So while everyone was calling her a traitor, she was still working to help the betterment of society. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and at the end, she started the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom. Yes. That's so above her time. I know. Before her time. She And then, and they were very, very against the Treaty of Versailles and kept on petitioning what? against it because they said that it was just going to lead to revenge. So World War II. So World War II. Wow. She looked at it and she saw the future. That's so fascinating. Yeah, because she under she was such an empathetic person and she was all about understanding a person and, you know, understanding where they came from so that you could r- help them rise up. Wow. Yeah. So by the time women got the right to vote, and which in this case, you know, she was traveling all over, even when she still had her, you know, POTS disease and everything, she was still traveling and making speeches and fighting for women's suffrage, along with all of these other things that she was doing. Uh, so by that time, 500 settlement homes had been opened. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. And she ended up winning the Nobel Peace Prize on December 10th, 1931, being the first American woman to win the prize. That's amazing. Yes. She is known as the mother of social service. And I think that she is one of the most spectacular figures in history that we just don't talk about. Yeah, that's so true. I didn't know her name. I didn't know she existed. Yeah. That's so interesting. I had forgotten about Whole House until you brought it up just now. And the great thing about her, too, is like, especially nowadays, like not only did she start the progressive era, but she was so progressive herself being a disabled gay woman going around fighting for women's rights, fighting for poor people's rights, fighting for immigrant rights, you know, fighting for children's rights. Yeah, that's incredible, Samantha. Thank you so much for bringing her to the table. And I also want to introduce this week, we have some amazing women who are doing great things in their own community, um, working to fight against period poverty. And they're on next on the podcast. So keep on listening. All women bleed, but some of them can't afford period products. So I'm here with Nayanka Paul and Zoe Bella the bloody bitches about their blog and their lives and fighting against period poverty. Bloody bitches advocates for period poverty, sex education, sustainability, and health. And they have amazing workshops that you can be a part of. (laughs) Nayaka is a senior at Temple University studying account management advertising and has started two ventures already, Bloody Bitches and PNP Alignment, a business consulting company. She also volunteers in her community with two mentoring programs in her city of Philadelphia. And Zoe is from Malta and has lived in the U.S. for the past 17 years. In addition to Bloody Bitches, she also writes a blog, Earth and Self, about being environmentally conscious. So welcome. We're so excited to have you join us on the podcast today. Thank you. So So I just want to start with maybe some more fun questions. What are your favorite period blogs that you're reading right now? Um, more so than blogs, I really like to just go on in, um, Instagram pages that inspire me. So uh, one of them that I really love, because I'm more of a sustainability side of, of Bloody Bitches, I really like Sustainably Vegan's um, Instagram. She incorporates period poverty into her Instagram page. And then I just love seeing any kind of influencers that post about like Diva Cups or like, you know, any kind of menstrual products and things like that. So I'm just kind of like, I'm an Instagram person. I just dive deep into that and, you know, find like inspiring people. Yeah, I would say along with that, I don't 
I'm like not good with Instagram <laughs> names and a lot of the period Instagrams I kind of like have like the same kind of names but I do like a lot of the Instagrams especially the ones that are very artsy like there are a lot of art pages that will like yeah. make posts about like period poverty um and just everything menstruation they make it very like digestible because of like the the way they create their graphics so I really like that just because I'm a very like I'm really into creative stuff and then other than that I just truly like I don't really read blogs as much on period poverty as much as I read like actual developed research papers and articles on it perfect that's amazing yeah there's one called a tribe of women I'm pretty sure they they're not centered on like period poverty um but it's just very woman-based so they have made graphics in relation to like periods and stuff like that oh cool I'll have to check that out thank you and there's one called period poverty movement I believe and they have cool graphics I think they repost a lot of content but they have, they have good graphics on there too. And like Nanka said, they're digestible pieces because they're not, like obviously there's so much information to like understand when you're talking about period poverty, it's not just one dimension. Mm. So the, they break it down really easily so that you can really understand it all. And it's not like overwhelming and all thrown at you, you know? Yeah, oh, that's great. Thank you. And what are you girls doing in quarantine? What are you doing to stay sane? <laughs> My time has been spent a lot on homework, unfortunately. Um, but other than that, I've just been reading, catching up on like shows that I didn't get a chance to like when school was like actually like in session. <laughs> um, and just like just doing random, just like fun things, going on like Pinterest, <laughs> like friend dates, like just doing random it's honestly just been filled with a bunch of randomness <laughs> I've been having a lot of um I've been doing a lot of at-home workouts too because I like to work out a lot so that always happens. oh nice that's so good um I've been working a lot because I I work now so that's been kind of like my my full-time thing that I've just been doing <laughs> yeah but other than that I you know I work on um zero waste Malta too alongside bloody bitches so it's Zero Waste Malta is a page I created in Malta, and when I'm there, I try to do beach cleanups and things of that nature, organize all of that stuff, because it's an island, and then Zero Waste Malta, I just post a lot about tips and zero waste things. I don't post as much as I want to, but I have a challenge right now, and that has about 450 people in it, so. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's been really fun to interact with people on that platform, on Facebook. Wow, oh my gosh. Is there a way we can be a part of it right now? Yeah, so it's a different challenge each month. Actually, this month is on the go. So, which is kind of ironic that that happened because April, you know, we're on quarantine, but we can we can still learn about on the go and kind of talk about it and then use it later once we're actually out of quarantine. And you guys also talked about binging TV shows, Nayanka. Um, uh, what are you watching right now? I need some recs. Okay, so like I watch kind of like a lot of shows, but the one show I just rewatched, um, I'm not sure everyone like people know, but it's like Lincoln he Lincoln Heights. It was this old show that was on TV. I haven't. I want to start the show called Insecure, but other than that, current shows that I watch are like This Is Us. I don't know if you have, that's a good show. Yeah, it's a good show. So, like you want to cry, like you want to cry like almost every episode. Like it's super sad, but like super cute. 
on my blog. I don't know. I watch a lot of like Netflix shows. Like I truly watch just like, a lot of things. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm not really watching too many shows, but I just like crime shows, honestly. Um, I like Criminal Minds a lot. I love Criminal Minds. Yeah, like that's just a great one just to like binge watch if you want. It's just so good. And I also really want to watch the new season. Not even new. I'm just so behind. American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to watch, like, Shameless, so, like, there are so many things I fell off of. Yeah, there's so many shows that I just need to catch up on, and I'm not, so. <laughs> <laughs> what shows are you watching? Um, I've been watching Kim's Convenience, which is on Netflix. It's, like, a Canadian TV show. It's pretty oh. funny. And I also, like, I'm a diehard Bachelor fan, which is good and bad, but I'm watching their new, like, music show, which is so terrible, but hilarious at the same time. <laughs> And totally like turning off your mind. So but sometimes you need that, you know. You yeah, I, I need it right now. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I can't leave my house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and can you talk about where you guys met? You guys both went to yeah. Temple, so <laughs> yeah, we doing? both. Um, I'm an entrepreneurship like minor, and you're actually an entrepreneurship major, right? Uh, yeah, I'm international. I was international in business with concentration on entrepreneurship so yeah it was kind of intertwined in my major yeah yeah so we had to take a series of classes and I met her we had we had a class together the first semester and the second semester we had a class together and she came up to me because we had to like pitch like ideas and my idea initially was having like a subscription box um, to relieve like period pains that would in turn help people that are suffering from period poverty and she like came up to me in like one of the like the last days and was like, oh my God, like I would really like to help with this and da 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 And I was like, okay, I still don't really know what I'm doing, but okay. <laughs> and then like it happened that I had class with her like the next semester and we like got like closer and things like that. And we're like, we started to figure out more what we wanted to do and what we wanted things to look like. Huh. And this was spring 2019. So yeah. <laughs> Since then we really like transformed things and yeah things around and like had a lot of discussions surrounding what like how we can best stop i don't even think stop i mean we'd love to stop period poverty but best grasp period poverty and just really help and make an actual impact that lasts a long time instead of just putting band-aids on issues mm. so that's been like a large discussion um within our organization yeah, can you talk to our viewers about what Bloody Bitches is? Um, what is this organization that you guys created and started at Temple? Basically, Bloody Bitches, it's like all about advocacy for period poverty, and we have different pillars. So we have like lack of access, which is, you know, accessibility to not even just period products, like menstrual products, but just like bathrooms too, because some people don't have access to bathrooms. Um, and we're, we try to be inclusive to like, you know, everyone that has a period because it's not just women as well. So the lack of accessibility is our first pillar. And then we have our educational pillar, which is just surrounding everything regarding periods and stigmas and things that people just don't even um, realize is an issue. Like people are ashamed of their periods. People don't realize how much the period industry and like plastic tampons and things like that, how that affects their environment. So there's a whole education pillar. And that period poverty aspect affects everyone of every class race everything it's not just like um lower income families and things like that because education can be like a widespread thing obviously um it can be more prevalent in certain 
um, classes yeah. and things like that. But we just want everyone to know that it affects everyone. And then the last one is the fundamental rights, which definitely affects everyone because fundamental rights deals with like tampon tax and like FDA regulations, just things that we should all be aware of that unfortunately, like a lot of us aren't and it's just not fair for our bodies, you know? So we're just trying to bring awareness to all of that. Whatever Zoe said. <laughs> so we've got to stop and talk about our sponsor, Jubilance for PMS. It's a daily supplement that helps you be you. Jubilance is an over-the-counter nutritional supplement shown in clinical trials to relieve the emotional symptoms of PMS. That means less stress, anxiety, and more of getting back to your life. You deserve to be your best self all month long. And thanks to modern science, PMS is now optional. It's the first and only product for emotional PMS backed by real science with double-blind, placebo-controlled, peer-reviewed studies. And it works. I work for Jubilance because I'm here to help women, and this is the real deal. Jubilance isn't just a product. It's a global mission to make PMS mood swings a thing of the past. The Jubilance Sisterhood is a movement of thousands of strong women escaping the PMS struggle with science, sharing, and communal support. We're here for you each week with stories of amazing women, your weekly playlist on Spotify, and for you to dish and cry about periods on our Facebook group. So why not give Jubilance a try? Go to www.jubilance.com to learn more. And you guys are, you guys have your Instagram page. You have like a blog. Can you talk more about like the workshop that you guys just conducted and will there be more? Yeah. So right now we do, so yeah, we run everything through Instagram. We just created a Facebook group called Be a Bloody Bitch. And then we created that for the purpose that people were like always DMing us, like, how can we help? How can we be a part of this? Or we want to learn more. So we're like, let's just create a, sp- a space with like-minded people, people that have different perspectives, you know, whether you're someone that's more on the sustain- sustainability end of things, or you're on the more education-like thing, we could all contribute and generate solutions that could help our communities, especially those that are most impacted by this. So that's why we created the group. And as far as the workshop, the workshop was just a great starter place for us and letting people know this is who we are. And it also just allowed people that either weren't familiar at all with period poverty or had a little bit of familiar, familiarity to understand more like, what is this issue? Who does it affect? Why is it an issue? And just giving everyone kind of like the lay of the land, but also just ask, just getting people to engage more in the conversation and figuring out like, is this something I want to be a part of? This is an issue that I want to fight for. And we got really great feedback after the workshop and Honestly, in the future, I would like to continue to keep that workshop, like that starter workshop, as something that we can continue to offer. Because I know there's some people that missed and were like, oh my gosh, you're going to have more in the future. And it's just like, so I think that's a workshop we'll definitely continue to have. But then also adding additional ones for those that know a lot about it and just other fun interactive ones that we can have. So we should all pay attention to your Facebook group and your Instagram. (laughs) We can go to that next workshop. (laughs) Can you guys talk about becoming entrepreneurs or this interest in entrepreneurship? This is, it's really unusual to, to be an entrepreneur in America, to be an entrepreneur in the world. Can you talk about your interest in that and pursuing it at Temple? I was originally an art major. So (laughs) that was, that was like my I don't know, because I'm really a creative person. And I think that's then what led me to entrepreneurship because it's it's creative and it's fun and it, it's really hard. And it's definitely been a struggle lately with like, you know, having you have a job and you're trying to like 
do like multiple businesses and this that it becomes a lot of hard work but I think like finding a rhythm is important and I don't know I just I think it's going to be rewarding in the years to come once we are doing something that we actually enjoy and that we feel passionate about so that's that's my feeling about it yeah for me it was I yeah I didn't well I'm not an entrepreneurship major anyways but (laughs) for me it was yeah I've always truly honestly have known that I wanted to be in the business world somehow and start my own business and it became more clear the older I got especially because the way my mind works and how articulate I am I always want things done a certain way I'm also very big on kind of having a solution-based mindset and being intentional with how we solve problems and I don't like a lot of the way certain things are done and I don't know everything just kind of like came naturally so when I figured out like this is this is the area where I want to be involved and this is how I want to do it it was more so like I wasn't even thinking about like entrepreneurship as like the goal it was kind of just like the goal was how do we end period poverty I feel like I have a solution oh I guess this is entrepreneurship like you know what I mean like that's more how like it fell to us from like pat like a passionate place I think more than yeah like it's like I always knew I wanted to be like a business owner but this is very much more like like, I'm a solution provider yeah exactly Yeah. I asked that too, because I'm an entrepreneur myself. I run a theater company at night after I do this, but, but I also, um, this jubilance for PMS is a supplement that helps with PMS symptoms. And that's like my little entrepreneur baby. So yeah, I just think it's unusual and wanted to ask you guys about it. And Nianka, I also want to know what is PNP alignment? Can you talk about this, this other company that you've started? Okay, so fun fact, um, that's no longer a thing anymore. Oh, okay. Since we first got in contact, but but I still do freelance consultant work. So it pretty much ideally is um, right. work that I was doing before. But um, the work that I was doing before with PMP Alignment was mostly focused on um, helping young professionals with like resumes and interviews and things like that. But as the company grew, I realized a lot of my clients were ones that were looking for to go the untraditional career paths, Mm -hmm. which are clients that I really did want to work with. Um, So I was doing a lot of brand work to like brand strategy work. So that which actually aligns with my major because my major is advertising. I was very familiar with that and like personal branding. And I was just like, you know what, like, I'm already kind of doing this, but I really solely want to focus on bloody bitches, like completely entirely. Um, but I still do really like helping, um, you know, other people that are going through like the untraditional career paths, like makeup artists and things like that. So now I currently offer, um, like services on my personal website. Oh. Yeah, I want to continue building on that. So I still will be like a consultant, a freelance consultant, um, taking clients like here or there, things like that. But Bloody Bitches is the sole focus. Superwoman. Yeah, a woman of many hats. <laughs> yeah. So Zoe, do you want to talk about Earth and Self? Uh, yeah, that's just basically just something I do for fun. It's just like a blog about sustainability and it's kind of like documenting my journey in a way because I'm still learning all the time about how to better my habits. I don't think there's ever a perfect attainable like way to be like low waste and low impact and sustainable. I think everyone's in a different place. And I, I really try to advocate that on my page on Zero Waste Malta and then just like on my 
normal page. Also, it's like another segment is kind of like environmental justice. And I always want to make sure that like some people kind of might judge people if they like can't do that perfect zero waste thing and this and that. But a lot of the times it's like what's attainable for you in your situation? Like how can you be better for the environment? Like not everyone can get to the same levels. And I think that's okay. Whatever you can do, you're helping the planet. So um, I try to say that on my pages. Um, so that's the idea of, I guess, environmental justice, because a lot of times things are expensive if there's zero waste or like low waste, you know what I mean? They're, or, or buying organic, for example, and it's not attainable for everyone. So I hope that, I mean, that's something else that I hope to work on, maybe through Bloody Bitches too, because it's about sustainability as well, is that kind of is Bloody Bitches too, actually, because our whole goal is to get people that can't afford period products, our period products. So, and it's sustainable. So they're going to be getting top-notch products and not just like the leftover bad products with bad chemicals that are bad for the environment. We want to give them the best of the best because they deserve that. Even if they can't afford it, they deserve it. So that's kind of our whole goal. Yeah. And even, I mean, even more than that, I think we've, we're always like, Blade Bitch is an organization that can't be I'm learning that's not necessarily set in stone. Like we're very much still learning and kind of going back on what Zoe said, like how what's obtainable from someone else may not be obtainable. And so, yeah, our goal is to give people the same quality products. But what we're also realizing is that that also may not be very much possible, but we can still, we can still eliminate other things like pollution that's happening where pollution is found in lower income communities and how it's affecting them and just other resources. And we're just realizing that we have to divide our efforts and segment kind of how we can better help certain communities. And it might be like different from the beginning of our journey to later on. Like, like right now we support people that are getting products to lower income communities, regardless of the products at the moment, because we want to just like help alleviate that like having to just bleed you know what I mean without any product and then once we actually become like better and have our products and really grow as a company then we'll be able to actually get our products out to our lower income communities so like that's a goal but there's always going to be you know along the way we're going to have to make some sacrifices to like do what's best for their interest and what's kind of what we can do right now so it's all, it's very confusing, as I'm sure you know, as an entrepreneur, like starting up and everything, it never goes exactly how you plan. Yeah. yeah. I think something, I think something too is just like, even if we couldn't, because like for me, like um, those that live in like deep, deep poverty, you know, they don't have, they may not even have access to water. Like our goal isn't necessarily to even get, like if we can't even get them necessarily reusable pads, we would love to get to a point where we can purchase or donate um like organic organic cotton free yeah. like ones that are just better for you better for them. so if, if it's not obtainable for you to keep, keep a cloth pad like exactly. so like disposable like better products and will also help eliminate like the use of um whatever is actually hurting the earth and then there'll be a whole nother segment possibly of of donating to causes where they help them get water or help like you know what I mean like help get access to water like there's literally just so many avenues yeah and it's just like I know we can do it um I just think we had to step back and realize you know 
the way we were attacking this issue, we already were aware that this wasn't one dimensional, but our solution was kind of almost a one dimensional approach. And I think we're kind of like gathering it back and saying, okay, hey, this is how we have to do it. We need to really utilize our Facebook group yeah. and see how we can segment our efforts and see how we can actually give the people in the community what they need in a way that it's not like this make believe fairy tale dream, but like we can help you and this is how we want to. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, it sounds like there's a long way to go, but you guys have so many different avenues to explore. Veering off into a different direction, um, another avenue. Okay. <laughs> Uh, something that I always ask everyone on the podcast is, uh, what do you think it means to be a woman today? And it's just like at this moment, it can probably change like 30 seconds from now. But for you guys right now, what is your definition for that? To be honest, I feel like to me personally, like, I don't know what it's, I wouldn't say I don't know what it's like to be a woman, but I know what it's like to be a black woman. And it's a very different experience than it is to be a woman of color or a white woman. And to me, being a black woman is, I don't know, we're all very different, but at the same time, it's just like, I don't know, being a woman is just like a different experience. And I'm like smiling and my heart's getting really like excited because I just feel like women were just natural nurturers. And like, I don't know, like, it's just, I don't know. There's just something about women that is just like truly just like, like what's better than us? <laughs> like, I yes. Really, yes. Like, and what's better than us? Like, that's, that's that's what it is. That's that's my yeah. answer, I guess. I'm gonna say it means kind of I guess like being a warrior for change and being empowered to kind of create change, if that makes sense. So kind of like living through your values like being a woman in 2020 i guess like you ha we have the power to be aware of what we want and like really try to strive for the changes that we're passionate about and, like i just think about how before we didn't really have those opportunities but now we now we can really try to stick to our passions and try to make change so that's like only one avenue i could take there there's yeah, a lot of different ways to answer this <laughs> there is i just feel like there's no I just feel like what I look at as being a woman or what it means to be a woman in this day and age may be very different for what someone else may say being a woman is. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the beauty yeah. in it now, especially because like, I feel like back in the days, there was just this very one straight mm -hmm. view of what a woman was. And it was, very, yeah, it was very submissive, very, you know, portrayed in a certain yeah, way. Definitely. And yeah, that's why it's so interesting is that we yeah. all have a different view and definition, definition for ourselves yeah. that I think changes like second to second. Yeah. What you are now is not what you are in like five minutes. We're, yeah, that's true. And yeah, but what's Maybe better than us? Like you said. <laughs> what's better? <laughs> um, another question I like to ask is if you could give one piece of advice to a woman just walking along the street about really anything, what would you say? I would say don't be so hard on yourself and you grow every day and you're always learning and allow that energy to come into you and to kind of feed into your life and try to just keep those positive vibes coming so that you can really create what you want to create out of life. Yeah, I think I would say to a woman on the street to always walk with your head up no matter what. And I mean that literally and I would say figuratively 
there, I think there's a certain presence when you have a certain confidence, even if you're not really confident. And I'm not going to say fake it till you make it, but just kind of reassuring yourself of what you have to bring to the table and knowing and knowing what it is that you bring and then following through with it no matter what. Like manifest it. Yeah. And just like being, being bold. Like I think a lot of times we're taught to kind of focus on our weaknesses and it may not, it's not like overtly out there, but a lot of the times like women, we're so used to being shut down. We're so used to be telling to not talk and stuff like that. And I've seen it in myself, like sometimes the way that I just don't talk in certain, certain areas, but it's just like, no. So just continuously reminding yourself of your strengths and just walking in that. Thank you. Um, and what is next for both of you? Graduation. Woo! Amazing. I'm so proud of you. In my kitchen. <laughs> Are you redoing your kitchen? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to walk across. I don't know. <laughs> walk to your kitchen. <laughs> my diploma. No, but um, yeah, I graduate in two weeks. Um, I'm looking for, you know, job offers, hopefully moving into a new apartment um, and working on Bloody Bitches. Amazing. We have a lot in the work for Bloody Bitches. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's just, I think Zoe and I are kind of just, it's going to be like another like kind of schedule shift for us. Um, Now I'll kind of be more available in a sense, but it's, I'm starting to see that even when I am more available, I feel like I always have a lot of stuff on my plate. Yeah. So, but I do truly hope that I will, I can nail down and complete a lot of things I want to for Bloody Bitches. Um, I hope to start getting supplies for actual products. So that will be. I think it's awesome. just, super, I think it's super important that Zoe and I are in, are closer to each other. Um, and so however that looks like, it will happen. <laughs> yeah, um, with quarantine yeah. right now, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so we can definitely figure out um, the next steps, but definitely more workshops, more content, YouTube, IGTV. Awesome. Like, yeah. Awesome. Get a TikTok. <laughs> the whole shebang. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I want to thank you so much for being on today. It was such a pleasure to get to talk to you, to see you last week at the workshop, and to hear more about your views today.